0: Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we wanted you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message with our very own Pastor Terrence Wilson. Good, I'm ready to preach it. Who has your Bibles? Let me see. Hold up, y'all. If you got a good old, put that phone down for a second, for a second. Hold up that, that old leather-bound Bible. Look, hold it. Hold up. Look, this, I, I did this last week. This is the best part about being in the school. You got a desk at your chair. You can flip it out and slap that old Bible right on that thing. You ain't got to put it on your lap. Who got who, Who's the old school note takers? You don't take notes in the app. You take it on your pad. Slap that desk out right now and put that thing down, man. We moved here just so you have a desk to write on. Doesn't that feel good? Like the school auditorium. Thank you, Miramar High. Appreciate you. Right now, but also, yes, you can take out your phones. All the notes um, that you're going to take, um, I have already given to you. All the notes from my message are in the Cool Church app, so if you haven't downloaded it, get it. There's a little fill-in-the-blanks there, so it's like a little quiz. See, Lee already got his up. I love that so much. If you're online, pull out your app right now. Uh, but if you're an old-school note-taker, you might write down some stuff that you only catch uh, by being here, not that's not um, the stuff that's in the app um, ahead of time. So, I ain't mad at you. Look at your neighbor and say, I ain't mad at you. If you see somebody with a big old Bible, say, I ain't mad at you. Actually look at them and say, you saved. Say, no, you know, you save, saved, saved. Yeah, the bigger the Bible, the more saved you are. That's what I heard. Okay. <laughs> if you got your Bibles, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 9. I told you we're going to stay in the same set of verses for five weeks. This is week three. Luke Chapter 9, verse uh, 51, and then you're going to read verse 57 through 62. Today, we're specifically going to le- lean into verses 59 and 60. We're just breaking down scripture week by week. We're digging into God's word, man. I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to take God's word for it. If you're online, you need to share this message right now with somebody that needs it the most. If you got Luke chapter 9, Matthew, Mark, Luke, 3rd of the synoptic Gospels of the New Testament. If you got Matthew 9, if you put your finger on it right now, say, I got it. Good. Here we go. Let's read it together. Luke uh, chapter 9, uh, verse 51. I'm going to read that, and then I'm going to skip down to 57. Luke 9, 51. As the time approached for him, him is Jesus, to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. That's a good place to say. Amen. Uh, Luke nine fifty-seven through 62. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. It's harsh, Jesus. Very harsh. Jesus was the original savage. Okay. Verse 59. This is where we're going to land today. He said to another man, Now, the first man said to Jesus, now Jesus said to the man, he said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go bury my father. Verse 60, this is cold. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. That's tough. Verse 61, still another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Mm-mm-mm. I know it don't seem like that's a good place to say amen, but that's a good place to say amen. 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 So if you got your Bibles for this third part of this all in series, I've entitled it this. Get your priorities straight. I'm going to try to smile through it as much as I can so it don't sound mean. Get your priorities straight. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this day. For this is the day that you have made, God. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. God, I thank you that before the earth began to spin on its axis, you knew each and every person that was going to be here in this place today. God, I pray that. I would lie down as you rise up. Don't let these words be my own, but let them come directly from your throne room of grace. God, I pray that hearts, minds, and ears to be open and receptive to a word that will always be about Jesus. could preach about a lot of things, but nothing was going to be more impactful than Jesus. So I just pray that you introduce yourself to somebody that has never met you before, or you reintroduce yourself to somebody that's been away from you for a very long time. God, I pray you will rule and reign in this place today. I pray that somebody, by the time it's all said and done, meets Jesus once and for all. I pray these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Everybody said. Take about five seconds and give Jesus a shout of praise. Come on. That's cute, but you ain't clapping for me. I said take about five seconds and give Jesus a shout of praise. Amen. Amen. Shout out to the band. Don't y'all love this band? Y'all are awesome. Y'all don't go too far. I mean, you can you can go with what I'm just saying. Just don't go too far, because I'm going to need you later, because everything sounds more spiritual when y'all playing. Okay, sorry. Um, All In is the series um, that I've decided to start the year 2022 with at Cool Church, but it is also the theme for the year of Cool Church. We're not gonna do anything halfway in 2022. We going all the way. If I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna go all in. If I'm gonna love, I'm gonna be all in on love. If it's about my family, I'm gonna be all in with my family. If I'm gonna be generous, I'm gonna be all in with generosity. If it's about uh, honor, I'm gonna be all in with my honor. If it's about excellence, I'm gonna be all in with my excellence. If it's about service, I'm gonna be all in with my service. If it's about creativity, I'm gonna be all in with my creativity. You might wonder what all those seven things were, but if you don't know, those are the values of Cool Church. We're gonna be all in on our values. And the church said, nothing's worth doing it if you're not gonna do it all the way. And I love Jesus because In Luke 9.51, we read that as the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, in other words, as the time approached for him to sacrifice himself on a cross, the Bible says that Jesus set out resolutely. He was fixed and focused on his mission, on his purpose the cross. There was nothing that was going to deter him. Jesus knew that his purpose was redemption before creation. He knew that his purpose was to sacrifice himself, and he was not going to allow anything from stopping him from what God had called him to do. Jesus was all in, and I love that because, man, in order to be all in, there's a few things that you have to understand, and as Jesus is walking literally to Jerusalem, knowing that the people will turn against him and he will be crucified. The same people that cheered him when he gets in the city will be the same people that turn against him. On the way there, he starts to meet different people along the way. And last week, we talked about a young man that wanted to be a disciple of Jesus, said, Jesus, I'll follow you up wherever you go. He volunteered himself to be a disciple of Jesus. Jesus responds to him, Foxes have uh, dens, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to rest his head. What was Jesus doing? Jesus was saying, I'm not going to sugarcoat what your faith walk is going to look like. I'm going to tell you the truth. The life that I live is not a life of comfort. I don't have a place to lay my head. I got to trust God each and every day for his daily bread. And when the bread runs out today, I got to pray again tomorrow for some more bread. I need God to sustain me because I am called to live a life on the move because the gospel was never meant to be stagnant. The gospel is meant to move. If you believe that, say amen. I love Jesus because He uses the worst sales tactic of all time, but he's still the greatest salesman of all time. He tells you the truth about what he wants you to do before you actually are called to do it. See, what people do in the world, they sell you all the dreams without letting you know the reality first. Jesus gives you the reality up front because he wants you to be all in. And in order to be all in, you must first know the truth. And that's what we talked about last week. This week. I want to talk about something else as it pertains to Jesus and being all in as a disciple. So I'll start with this story. Um, If you've been around Cool Church long enough, you know that myself and my wife are not just pastors. We are entrepreneurs. And honestly, there's a lot of things that are going on in our life at any one given time, man. Like, People know if you call me, more than likely, I will not pick up. If you text me, I will hit you right back. It's not because I don't want to talk to you. It's just always a lot going on. So the question that I get asked often as a pastor and as a business person, because being a pastor is enough. And somebody said amen. Being a business owner is enough. And somebody said amen. See, when you own your own, and when you build your own, you don't work 40 hours a week anymore, you work whatever is necessary. So people say, man, how, how do you, how, how, like, like, like how do you do everything that, that you do? I mean, once again, people know. They know that myself and my wife are co-pastors. They know that we are communicators. We've been panelists. We're graphic artists. We're illustrators. We're painters, interior designers, fashion designers, uh, 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 photographers, videographers, motion graphic artists, illustrators, uh, 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 painters, uh, all all kinds of stuff, uh, craftsmen, writers, uh, mother, uh, cheer dad, uh, uh, brother, sister, son, daughter, friend, mentor, counselor prayer warrior and hopefully a good neighbor people that know us know we do all these things and the one question I probably get asked more than anything is how do y'all do all that stuff at the same time my answer is simple we don't We don't do, the reason that we can do it all is because we do not do it all at the same time. We have our priorities in order. If you're going to clap, clap. Don't give me a petty clap. (laughs) Look at your neighbor right now and say, get your priorities straight. Look at your other neighbor, the one you don't like so much because you picked them second. Say, get your priorities straight. See, y'all being too nice about it. Look back at the first neighbor, the one you like, because you picked up first. Say, get your priorities straight. (laughs) Got to get your priorities straight. People that do great things, they have the same 24 hours in the day that you do. They just don't do it all at the same time. They've learned how to prioritize what matters most. Get your priorities straight. In order for us to live a life that we do the things that matter most to us, we must understand what the order of life should be. You should write this down because if you you allow this to be the order of your life, I promise you, you will always do the most important things first. You ready for the order? It's simple. God, family, everything else. See, some of y'all try to overcomplicate it. The order in our life that has allowed us to gain success first in our lives. God, I put God before my wife, I put God before my child, I put God before his church, I put God before our business, I put my personal relationship with God before everything. And the church should say, God, after him, the people that get the most of my time are my family. One of the core values of this church is family, man. How I look coming in here telling you to build strong families and build strong futures and I'm not building my own. Even in Timothy, when Paul is trying to tell Timothy what the requirements are for overseers of the church, you know what one of the requirements are? A person that has a good handle on their family. That's a requirement to be an overseer of a church. So it's God, family, and then it's everything else. See, here's the thing. A lot of people want to put everything else before God and their family. I know pastors that put the church before their family. That's not what God wants. I know all kinds of people. I'm going to put my business before family. Let me tell you something. Some of us put our cell phone before God. Say, how do you know that? What's the first thing you touch when you wake up? You touch your Bible first or you pick up your cell phone? To me, like, Oh, man, why are you doing this to me today? <laughs> God, family, everything else. You see, when you know what matters most to you, you will do what's most important to you first. First, when you're all in, the reality is you must make Jesus your number one priority. He has to be. Listen, I don't care all this other stuff you think is important. I promise you it all pales in comparison to Jesus. If you don't get this, if you don't get that order right. See, we, we, we could start like uh, uh, asking questions about what numbers three, four, five, and six are. But if you can't get numbers one and two right, you're going to be messed up. And, I, 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 and I'll go with stuff first. If you can't get number one right. The Bible I read in Exodus tells me that thou shalt have no other gods before who? No other gods before me. So anything that you do and uh, before God, you are putting in his place and you have made an idol in your life. You have to prioritize Jesus first. So you know the what? What must we do? We must prioritize Jesus first. Now I'm going to tell you why because the what won't matter to you if you don't know why. Why must you prioritize Jesus first? Why must you get your priorities straight? If you're taking those two points and we out, I promise. The first reason is this. You must put Jesus first and he must be your number one priority because when Jesus is your number one priority, your priorities will help you make decisions. Your priorities will help you make decisions. Let's dissect Luke 9, 50, uh, 9 and 6 so we understand, excuse me, 59 through 60 to understand why that's true. Luke 9, 59 through 60 said, he said to another man, this is Jesus calling out this person, hey, you, it's like if you looked in the crowd right, it was like, hey, you, follow me. You, follow me. You, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first, let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. You must go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Now, that's a tough pill. That's a tough pill for me to swallow, man. I just sat here and told you about, you know, my father was going through health issues. Like, I wish somebody would tell me, hey, man, you let your dad deal with himself. Like, I'm going to feel some kind of way about that. Anybody that has a parent or a son or, or, or a daughter or a brother or a sister, if their health is failing, you don't want to hear nothing else because they have become your priority in that moment. Amen? Here's the truth, though. This man, he did not know the timeline in which his father's demise would come. So he wasn't necessarily going to bury his father right away, but because he was a good son and understood what they would say in Jewish custom, to honor thy mother and thy father and thy days shall be long on this earth, he was following the written law. He knew he had to take care of his father until he died. And then Jesus says, hey, come follow me. The reality is, because he was so stuck on what is said in the law, he would have taken care of his father until the moment he died, and then what what he would have done is followed Jesus after. Now, let's be honest. This is a very noble reason, if you will, to not want to necessarily go and follow a dude that said that he was the son of God, that said he was the Christ. I, I, I don't know. I pre- I'm glad that I'm living in the hindsight of this story because I, I understand what it means. If I were put in that situation back then, I might find myself saying the same thing that the man said to Jesus. I'm just minding my own business in the crowd. Jesus is walking by. He says, you follow me. And I'm like, yo, I really want to, but I got to take care of my dad first. I gotta take care of my father first. Now, if we look at it, this is a very noble reason to not wanna run after Jesus right away. And I know many of us, we read this and we're still trying to figure out like, yo, what's the problem? Like, what was like, what was Jesus on? Like, I feel like what he's asking is cruel. If we could be honest, does that sound like what Jesus is saying is cruel? Let the dead bury the dead. Is it just me? All y'all saved, y'all you okay? Yeah? Yeah? Sounds kind of cruel, doesn't it? The passage forces me to ask this question. I read this, and the Holy Spirit, he didn't give me an answer. He put a question in my spirit. If I got to choose between following Jesus and taking care of my parent that I know will pass soon, the Holy Spirit asked me this question, and it rocked me to my core, and it led me to write this message. What do you do... When you have to choose between right and right, the question is not not what do you choose when you have to do when you have to choose between right and wrong. That's easy. We all got a moral compass. Even if we choose to do wrong, we know it's wrong when we're doing it. This is not the question that the Bible is posed. This is not what Jesus is forcing us to think about in this moment. What do you do when you have to choose between right and right? Hmm. You see, Jesus is not asking us to choose him over just the wrong things. He's asking us to choose him even over the right things. If you can understand this at your core, it will really change your response to Jesus in all seasons. It's easy to follow Jesus when there's a choice between right and wrong. Heaven and hell, which one we choosing today? Nobody's like, man, I'm hell bound. That's an easy choice. What do you choose when you got to choose between right and right, though? Like, God, I hear you on one hand telling me, honor my mother and my father, and my days will be long in this earth. But then at this moment, I see your son telling me, follow him and abandon my father. What, what, What do I choose in the moment? Jesus isn't asking him to choose the right things over the wrong things. He's asking him to choose the right things over the right things. Why? Because in this specific instance, timing is everything. Timing is everything you say ah, we're well, we gonna sit here for a moment cuz I really want to break this down and have you have you fully understand this timing is everything because here's the truth the right things done at the wrong times are still the wrong things there's a million things that we want to do but it's not the right time for it and it still makes it wrong it still makes it wrong but, I, I, but it's but it's it goes even deeper than that the issue was for the man He did not know how long his father was going to be in the condition that he was in until he buried him. All he knew is that I'm trying to be an obedient son. So my father could pass in a day. My father could pass in a week. My father could pass in a month. My father could pass in a year. I've made the decision to be here with him until he passes. The only thing certain that this man knew was that his father was going to die. The reason this has to do with time is because he knew, he knew he was going to die. He did not know when. He did not know when, but he had decided to be a good son until his father transitioned. The issue with that is that this could have literally been for an indefinite period. The man's death was certain but the period in which he transitioned to death was not certain. Now, put this in your mind. Who is Jesus? Say it. God. People say, like, man, Jesus is cruel. How are we going to ask this good son to take care of his daddy? Just get up and follow him. Who is Jesus? If Jesus is God in the flesh, does God know our past? Does God know our present? What else does God know? take it to another level. Did this man call out to Jesus and say, Jesus, I want to follow you. Did this man do that? First man did that. This man was standing in the crowd. So what does that tell me about this man? Because Jesus said, you follow me. He was what by God? He was This man was called out of the crowd by Jesus who is God. So literally what the Bible is trying to tell us is that this man was chosen by God. This man is chosen by God, but instead of following God, he says, let me go and bury my father first. And here's the reality. I love what's happening here. Because later on in Luke, we see a time where, once again, the man did not know the future. But who already knew the future? God knew it. Jesus knew it. Jesus shows his ability to tell the future. Because if you look later on, when Lazarus was, was dead, right, what, what, what happens? He f- out that Lazarus is dead. And what's the first thing he says? He says, this sickness will not end in It will not end in death. He shows up. And Mary and Martha are upset with him because what do they say? If you would have come sooner, he would not have. But Jesus told the future before it ever happened. So Jesus, even in, in, in his, his God-like nature, but in his human-like nature, he still shows the ability that he has got to tell us what the future holds. He didn't say that Lazarus would not die. He just said that it would not end in death. Was death final for Lazarus? He brought him back out of the grave. So he shows his ability to tell the future. So he chooses this man to follow him. And this man says, But, but God, I gotta, I gotta bury my father first. So you literally have walking, talking, literal, eternal life walking in front of you and it says follow me but yet you choose not just death you choose certain death he knew his father was gonna die but in a moment where he has a chance to choose life He chooses certain death. He has an opportunity to pick eternal life in Jesus, but he chooses certain death with his father. I want you to understand, this is not a choice between the man's father and Jesus. This is a choice between life and death. This is the situation we find ourselves in all the time as it pertains to if we're going to follow Jesus or not. What you may not realize and what you may not act like and what you may not live like is you following Jesus is literally a matter of life and death. Jesus wasn't being cruel to the man. He already knew what was going to happen with his father. I'm not Jesus, so I can't tell you how the story played out, but Jesus probably knew, man, your dad will be around a lot longer than you think he is, so come follow me right now because you have time to go back and take care of him. What was the real issue? Get this this in your spirit, Katie. Get this in your spirit. Because Jesus was not his priority, he did not trust him. So many of us, we live our lives... And the reason Jesus is not our number one priority is because we don't trust him. You trust your ability to provide for yourself at your job more than you trust that Jesus is Jehovah Jireh. You trust a doctor's hand to heal you more than you trust healing itself to heal you. It's hard to make something a priority that you don't have trust in. Jesus is not asking us just to choose between right and right. He's asking us to choose between if we trust him or not. Do you trust him today? I love, I love this because this man literally is putting off his life to go and sit with death. And I love what Proverbs says, because it makes so much sense when you put it in this context. There is a way that seems right to a man. But in the end, it leads to what? Hmm. At least, It leads to death, because your priorities are not straight. You're following after the wrong things. I love it. Like, what, what, like, what if the man would have taken the time to take care of his father? And what if something else would have happened to him in the process that he was taking care of his father when Jesus knew he was supposed to be with him in this season? He lost an opportunity to connect with Jesus over something he knew would end in death. This is crazy to me. Jesus is telling us every second we put, off, put him off because of temporary things. It's like a gamble. I like William Shakespeare. He said it like this, and I say this, I quote this a lot. Defer no time. Delays have dangerous ends. Some of y'all putting off some stuff today that won't end well. I'm not trying to scare you, but literally there's decisions that you hold in your hand right now that are decisions that are life and death situations. The the beauty of Jesus not telling him the future, and I already displayed to you where in the Bible you can find Jesus telling somebody the future, but here is the beauty of Jesus not telling him the future. And this is why he doesn't tell us the future, because he's giving you enough to make your own choice. I told you last week, God doesn't want slaves. He's a father. He wants sons. He wants daughters. If Je- Listen, if Jesus told you everything that was going to happen in your life at all times, you only choose him because you see the good path that he's laid out for you. Do you, to- Do you choose Jesus when your father can't breathe at one in the morning? You choose Jesus when your sister passes away? Do you choose Jesus then? If Jesus tells us what he's going to do, he strips us of the most beautiful thing that he gives us, which is free will. We must make Jesus a priority, because if I prioritize Jesus, it helps me make better decisions. Truth is, like, some are very quick to follow Jesus, like the first man. Jesus, I follow you. Foxes have dens, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to rest his head. Some of us are too quick. We don't count the cost before we follow But while some are too quick to follow Jesus, the man in this story, some are entirely too slow. Some of us are way too slow as it pertains to us following Jesus. Because here's the the reality. There's always a good reason to not do what you're supposed to do. My wife's been telling me to write a book for years. You need to write. You're always writing. Why don't you just put this stuff in a book? She don't sound like that, but I don't know why when I do her, I make her sound like that. <laughs> like I'm literally writing every day. She gets to know, I'm, everywhere I am, I'm writing something. So like, write a book, write a book, write a book. I probably have books written that have never been published just sitting in my phone. And she's like, you need to do it, you need to do it. And finally, I'll never forget 2020 came and I was sitting there like everybody else with nothing to do because we was all stuck in our house. And I start compiling some of the things that I wrote I finally said, Fine, I'm gonna do it. Just put it off forever. And I came up with this little book. I wasn't trying to sell a book, so I gave it free to you. That's why when somebody comes to church for the first time and they get saved, they get an automatic download of this book. This book is called The Process, it's 21 Days to Change Your Life. It's a process. And you say, Man, it's only a 21 page book. I'm still an author. Some of y'all ain't never write a book in your life. (laughs) Neither did I till 2020. And as small as this book may be, I can't tell you how many people have called me back and said, man, yo, I went through that 21-day Devo, and I'm just different now because of it. I was holding something inside of me that was a blessing to somebody else because I kept trying to find reasons to put it off. And the reasons weren't bad. Baby, I want to write, but we gotta build this church, man. We church plans. We just launched this thing, man. I gotta make sure church. Baby, I want, I want to write the book, but man, we got a business, man. I'm trying to figure out. How I gotta design new clothes. I got like, I don't got. To. Baby, I want to write the book, but man, l- listen. Don't you want to go on a date night? I ain't taking my date night time to write this book. Baby, I want, I want to write the book, but like, I gotta be a cheery dad. I was growing up. I wanna make sure I'm present and engaged, man. Like, I came up with all these reasons. Were any of the things that I just said a bad reason? Not all excuses are bad, but they are when Jesus is not the priority because of that decision. There's so many reasons, there's good, like there's good, I honestly, man, I'm not gonna lie. I really think there's like really good reasons some people don't come to church. But the reality is sometimes the choice is not between good and bad. It's not between right and wrong, it's between right and right. I'm so mad like when I procrastinate and I do things, and the only reason I do that is because in the moment I do not have my priorities in order, so I cannot make proper decisions. Like how many times in your life have you put off something good for a good reason? I do it all the time, God, I'm going to ask you to marry me. but. I want to make sure I'm fully, like, financially capable to take care of her first. If I waited till I was fully financial, uh, financially capable to take care of my wife, we wouldn't have got married until our 30s, and I'd have missed out on a good five years of marriage with her. I'd have missed it because I was waiting for something that I didn't need to do what I was called to do. Just saying, fellas. Might want to put a ring on it. God, I'll get that degree, I'll get that license, I'll take that test, but let me take care of my family first. Let me make sure my kids grow up first. So you gonna wait 18 years? By the time the 18 years is done, you ain't even gonna wanna do it anymore. When God's calling you to do it right now. If, his, if the Bible says his grace is sufficient, you don't think that God can give you grace for your kids and what he's called you to do? <laughs> Y'all don't want me to preach today, man. God, I'll come to church, I just gotta get myself right first. Really? I applaud you wanting to live a better life. But if you could get yourself right, you wouldn't need Jesus. God, I'll give. I promise you I'm going to give in the offering. I just want to make sure I make enough money first. You ain't got a money problem. You got a mentality problem. Because if you don't give when you don't have much, you definitely won't give when you get a lot. I'm just being real. You don't just like become generous because you have a lot. You're, you've always been a generous person. All money does is show what's really in your heart. So if you can give it when you ain't got it, you're going to get rid of it quick when you got it because you've always been a blessing even when you didn't have it. You ain't got a money problem. I want to I I I give God and I ain't got much. That's not your problem. Stop saying that. Stop saying that. You got a mentality problem. There's always a reason to not do the right thing. But the truth of the matter is, there's always things we want to accomplish before we commit to things that are real. But all we're doing is postponing our purpose in Christ. You see, we'd be so much farther along in life, each and every one of us, if we didn't make excuses. The truth of the matter is, when Jesus says, let the dead bury the dead, he's trying to get you to prioritize him first so that you don't get stuck prioritizing your will over God's will. Let the dead bury the dead. Don't chase after death. Chase after everlasting life. The second thing, and I promise you this will be quick, Priorities don't just help you make decisions. Priorities help you focus on what matters the most. Help you focus on what matters the most. Look at Luke 9, 59 through 60. He says, he said to another man, follow me. This was the same man, I'm just rereading the passage. But he replied, Lord, first let me go bury my father. Look at what Jesus says. Jesus says to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. But... You gonna proclaim the kingdom of God. I love that Jesus tells the man to let the be, the dead bury their own dead, but you gonna proclaim the kingdom of God. It's important that you don't ignore the second part of the statement because the first part of the statement is cold. Let the dead bury the dead. Some people st- they get. I'm done with Jesus. They read that and they stop. Have like, you ever seen a person like they get mad because they read a part in the Bible they don't like it, and then they just close it? the dead bury the dead stop it read the rest of the verse get the context for it he says let the dead bury the dead but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God he's not telling the man to abandon his dying father because his father means nothing he's telling him to proclaim the kingdom of God for those who still have life and opportunity the Father was going to meet certain death. But there's so many people that are walking around like the walking dead each and every day that still have an opportunity for life. But we can't see them because we're so focused on death. We can't see the potential. That's what Jesus is trying to get this man to see. The potential for life in somebody because we're surrounded by death. This is what Jesus is trying to get this man to see, he's trying to get them to understand a very powerful truth. Never let the temporary get in the way of the eternal. So many of us do it on an everyday. I'm, I'm, listen, man, listen. I'm preaching to myself today. Don't put off to tomorrow what God has is is called you to do today. Jesus uses this man's situation of his life and his intimate Connection with his father to preach a bigger message that we should never allow death to stand in the way of life This is what Jesus is trying to teach us it's not an easy pill to swallow but I want you to understand Jesus was very comfortable Saying uncomfortable things to people like let the dead go bear to the dead. Why hear this this will bless your spirit right here Jesus is not concerned with the quantity of his followers. He's concerned with the quality. How do you know that? Because the Bible tells me so. Matthew 7, 13 and 14, enter through the narrow gate. For the wide gate is broad and the road that leads to destruction many enter through it. God already knows, Jesus already knows there's going to be so many people that choose not to prioritize him because it's easy. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to what? Life. Wide is the road that leads to death. Narrow is the road that leads to life. And only few find it. I just want to tell you something that I know is true in my spirit and I believe it. In my heart I don't do this for ego I do this for God's altar I do not do this for crowds I do this for Christ and I promise you when I say what I'm about to say I mean it with all my heart if one only one person shows up next week I'm gonna be good because let me tell you the truth I'd rather have a church full of 12 people I know are quality disciples of Jesus than a church of 12,000 people that don't know the truth about the gospel Jesus wants soldiers, not suckers. Jesus wants disciples, not distractions. Man, I'm telling you today, Jesus wants preachers, not punks. It's enough of them out there. Jesus wants powerful prophets, not passive people. Jesus wants sanctification, not a show. Jesus wants holy, not hell bound. Jesus I serve wants servants not sellouts He wants fruits of the spirit not the fulfillment of the flesh Jesus wants followers of him not followers of Terrence and Joanne and more than anything. I want Christ not cool We don't have games to play anymore Jesus must be our number one priority. So you got to make a decision in your spirit. You're going to be all in or not. And I know it's a hard message, but ultimately, the things that matter most matter in eternity, not on earth. Not doing this for popularity. I just want people to know the saving grace of Jesus. You see, your priorities help keep you focused on what is eternal, not what is temporary. This is why Hebrews 12, 1 through 2 tell us that, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes, fixing our eyes. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author, the pioneer, the perfecter of our faith. Because Jesus matters the most to me, I keep my eyes on him above all else. Jesus must be the number one priority. Because ultimately, Jesus is asking us to draw a line in the sand. To decide between him and everything else. Decide between him and even things that you think are good. Jesus wants you to choose him. And I believe that what Matthew 6.33 says is true, and I said it earlier, but we must seek ye first. I love it because he's trying to tell you where your priorities should be seek ye first. I'm so proud of all the people that have been joining on for 21 days of prayer and fasting because they get up early and they're ready at 7 30 in the morning hundreds of people every week because they want to seek ye first. The kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. If you want the blessing of heaven you got to get your priority straight 2022 translation seek ye first get your priorities straight and all these things shall be added unto you <laughs> Jesus never wants to be your last option he always wants to be your first resort and this is why the Bible tells us in second Corinthians 6 2 it says for God says at just the right time I heard you. On the day of salvation I helped you. Indeed the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. Some of us have been putting off following Jesus on this faith journey for so long but the Bible says today is the day to make Jesus the number one priority in your life. I know what it looks like to live life with your priorities all over the place, but I promise you the day that I decided to put Jesus first, he allowed everything else to fall into place. He made me realize things that I thought were so important ain't really that important after all because everything pales in comparison to him. He is the one that has done everything for you. He is the one that has even allowed you to be. He created you. He formed you. He knit you in your mother's womb and wrote out each and every one of your days before any one of them came to be put him first today with every head bowed every eye closed my call is simple my call is clear get your priorities straight if you're in this place and I don't know who you are or maybe you're watching online and you say man my life has been a mess because if I could be honest there's a lot of things I put before Jesus I said I love Jesus but if I could be honest Pastor, I've put some things before Him that need to get behind Him. If you want Jesus to be your number one priority in your life, if you want to be all in, you don't want to put anything before Him because you know that nothing else is willing to give their life for you like Jesus, nothing else can give you salvation but Jesus. But Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no man gets to the Father except through me. If you want Jesus to be your number one priority, don't worry about what your neighbor doing. Don't worry about what your friends and family think. You have an opportunity, for today is the day of salvation. Maybe you said it before, but you ain't been living like Jesus is your number one priority. Today is the day to get your priorities straight. Maybe you've never met him, and I just want to tell you that there's a God in heaven that loves you his name is Jesus he gave everything for you will you follow him will you make him your number one priority on the count of three you say you're answering the call I want Jesus to be my number one priority I'm not taking another step further in 2022 unless Jesus is my number one priority on the count of three wherever you are in this room online I want you to raise your hand here you go one two three hold it up Hold it up high enough and long enough for me to see. Hold it up. Don't be don't be ashamed. Nobody's looking for me and God. I see you and 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 you. And you and you and you and you and you and you. I said all those yous cuz I want you to know you're not alone. Keep them hands up. Do me a favor. If them hands up, stand up. If your hands don't be ashamed. Jesus says, if you deny me before man, I will deny you in front of my father. If your hands up, stand up you already did the hard part walk down to this altar if you're standing let me pray with you come on come on you already did the hard part come on Everybody standing in this place come on y'all it ain't e- let me tell you something it ain't easy to prioritize Jesus over everything sometimes it's a decision between right and right but I'm telling you you always make the right decision when you choose Jesus hey I know you say man them folks bowl I was too scared to do that that's okay we family so if you're out there right now do me a favor just look at your neighbor because I just want to make sure everybody's good before we get out of here look at your neighbor Say, hey if you're scared and you want to go, I'll go with you. If they say, yeah, just grab them by the hand and walk them down right now. Come on, just make sure. I just want to make sure I want us all to go to heaven. That's all I want. Amen? We good. Reach your hands towards. Reach your hands towards your family. If you're down here at the bottom of the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth, Romans 10, 9, that Jesus is Lord, you believe in your heart he was raised from the dead, you're saved. That's you putting Jesus as your number one priority and don't let anybody take that away from you i don't care what they say i don't care if they knew you before they cannot take away jesus's place as first in your life amen maybe you're at this altar you say man i just want to surrender throw up my hands if you want to be all in i want jesus to be your number one priority god i'm done trying to figure this out i'm, I'm done prioritizing stuff ahead of you everybody in this building and online I want everybody to repeat after me say dear Jesus. Dear Jesus. I've sinned. i am not proud of it. I'm not proud of but it. But I admit it. But I admit it. Today, Today I lay my, sin down. lay my sin down. Take it I pray. Take it I pray. I don't want it anymore. I, don't want it anymore. I, reach, to heaven I reach to heaven. To receive your forgiveness, your forgiveness. To take the place of my sin. Take the place of my sin. I, ask I ask that you would accept me accept and to your wonderful family. To your wonderful family. Today, Today I, give my life I give my life. Completely to you. Completely Today, Jesus, you are my number one priority in Jesus' name. Amen. If you believe it, give Jesus a shout of praise in this place. Come on. Let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you what Jesus was trying to tell that man on the road. I'm just standing in proxy. I am not God. But I know what he would say to you right now. I chose you. Follow me. I chose you. 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 He chose you all too. He shows you. Look at that sign right there, you see what it says? Welcome to the family. That's what you are. Maybe you're new to the family or maybe you come home after a very long time. That's okay. We love family. At one point or another, I did this in my, I did this what you're doing right, I did this a few times. Took a few times to take with me. I did this a few times. But one day when I realized that Jesus was my number one priority, I never looked back and I've been moving forward ever since. So if you look behind, you got a bunch of brothers and sisters. You got aunties, uncles, you got moms and you ne- hey, you never had a dad, get a church dad. You never had a mom, get a church mom. We are fa- you never had grandparents, you got some some Holy Ghost grandparents in this room right now. We're family. I never like people to make that decision without fully explaining what's happening. And I promise you it won't take long. Or if you need prayer, nobody's gonna force themselves to pray on you. If you need prayer, we got a team full of people that know how to answer questions and they know how to pray. And they want to bless you. Other than that, I also have a gift I want to make sure you, re- you receive. We don't have a tube back there, do we? We don't have one. Do we have a tube? A fam tube? That's okay. There's a cool tube. It says fam on it. There's a Bible in there. There's, there, I think there's a WWJD bracelet. There's a note from me and my wife, Joe. Uh, just a bunch of cool stuff we want to give you because you made an awesome decision today. So on the count of three, I can't open up the heavens and show you what they're doing in heaven right now. But the Bible says when one comes back to the Father, there's a celebration in heaven. Angels are breakdancing the choir or singing on them streets of gold. I'm telling you, they turn. I can't show it to you, but your family is going to help you hear what that sounds like. We're going to reciprocate that sound here on Earth. So on the count of three, they're going to cheer, and they're cheering for you. Hey, don't cheer like you had a Dolphins game. Cheer like you at a Miami Heat game. We, hey, we number three in the East, baby. We winning, okay? When they cheer, y'all walk that way. Promise you, we're going to be right out in the courtyard. Your family will be able to find you easy. Want to love on y'all. Is that cool? here we go one two three cheer let them know let them know god loves them let them know they're chosen let them know they're sons let them know they're daughters let them know they're blessed Thank you so much for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you heard, please consider sharing with your friends and family to be a blessing to their lives as well. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Are cool And always remember that you were created out of love.